0: This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. At 800-259-9231, that's the packet 8.net toll-free line. As we launch an hour and a more of the program, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites. We do it free, freetalklive.com. We've got an update to start things out with tonight here. And then we'll get to the story about a student that was recently arrested over an essay that he wrote for his, uh, one of his classes. But first, to Atlanta, Georgia, and CNN reporting, or the AP rather, that a police officer and former officer have pleaded guilty uh, to manslaughter in the shooting death of a 92-year-old woman during a botched drug raid last fall. Another officer still faces charges in the woman's death.
1: Now, the other officer, uh, my understanding is he was sort of outside and and not quite as involved.
0: Okay. Officer J.R. Smith told the judge Thursday he regretted what had happened. I'm sorry. The 35-year-old said, his voice barely uh, barely audible, he pleaded guilty to manslaughter, violation of oath, criminal solicitation, making false statements, and perjury, which was based on untrue claims in a warrant. Now,
1: now, this isn't um, for, for having shot the guy. This is, you know, for all the lies that, le- or the woman, um, this is all the lies that led up to it.
2: Manslaughter is not as serious a charge as first-degree murder. Is that correct?
0: That is correct.
1: Well, okay. you wouldn't be talking about first-degree murder in this case because he didn't go in there with, with the, the intention. Intent, okay, you know, so
2: would it be second-degree murder?
1: Now, you could make the argument that somebody died during the commission of a felony, and if it isn't a felony to uh, fake a police report like these gentlemen it did, be. it should be. Um, So you could make an argument for what they call felony one murder, which is just as bad as um, first-degree murder in that it's punishable in most states by uh, the death penalty.
2: Okay, so is manslaughter not as bad as second-degree murder?
1: Manslaughter basically says it was an accident. Oh, okay. That's what Um, I thought. Second-degree murder is uh, you did it on purpose, but you didn't really intend to, like a knife fight or something that breaks out in a bar parking lot or something like that. Felony one murder is more like Um, We went to a uh, a convenience store with the intent of robbing it and had guns with us and shot the clerk while we were there. That's sort of felony one murder. And then um, first-degree murder is, I caught my wife cheating, and um, I'm going to kill that woman. Gotcha.
0: Former officer Greg Junnier, who's 40, who retired from the Atlanta police force in January, pleaded guilty to manslaughter, violation of both criminal solicitation and making false statements. Both men are expected to face more than 10 years in prison. So this is rare, uh, very rare that you will actually see police officers getting in trouble for stepping outside of their bounds, well, and I support these uh, these sentences 100%. Well, I don't.
1: Um, I, I have to say that uh, in the case of these sentences, they seem light. Really? If, yes, they do. Ten years for shooting somebody in their home?
0: Well, I know. it's better than nothing, which is I, usually what it is. I
1: would say that, but, um, you know, this is a real abuse of power. Um, they lied, lied, lied about, uh, you know, who they got the information from. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just going in to make a, a you know, a bust. There was very sloppy police work. They tried to cover their, you know, I guess they lied after they did it. It was sloppy police work
0: beforehand. I think they lied beforehand and they lied afterwards. They lied to uh, to get the approval for the uh, the warrant or whatever it was that they had, and then they lied afterwards to try to cover their tracks.
1: Yeah, that's still I would call that lying to get the the warrant. Sloppy police work. Okay, I'll give them you know the, the ten years. Ten years stinks. The charge huh, but the charges
0: know. followed a, a, a November 21st no knock drug raid on the home of Catherine Johnston who is. Was 92. An informant had described buying drugs from a dealer there, police said. When her officers burst in without warning, Johnson fired at them and then they fired back, killing her. Fulton County prosecutor, by the way, she hit three cops. She hit three of them, which is pretty good for an old lady. Fulton County prosecutor, pretty good for anybody (laughs) under uh, that sort of pressure. Uh, Peter Johnson disclosed Thursday the officers involved fired 39 shots, striking the woman five or six times, including a fatal blow to the chest. He said Johnston only fired once through her door and didn't hit any of the officers. That means that the officers, now they're saying they weren't hit. Hmm. That means the officers who were wounded were likely hit by their own colleagues, he said. Junior and Smith, who's on administrative leave, had been charged in an indictment unsealed earlier with felony murder, violation of oath by a public officer, and a few other charges. And then, uh, let's see, another officer also on administrative leave was charged with violation of oath and some more charges. They are very relieved not to face murder charges, but they're very concerned about the three existing charges. Uh, In two of their cases, the prosecutors asked the judge to withhold sentencing until after a hearing. Both men could have faced up to life in prison had they been convicted of murder. And, I don't know, the story just goes on. But, anyway, just good to know that they're finally, finally seeing some justice in this particular case. It's not going to do any good for the other 39,999 people who have their doors kicked in uh, around the country on Mm -hmm. a yearly basis in this country. But at least in this one instance... Justice might just darn well be served.
1: Well, I mean, most of those uh, 40,000 cases that you're talking about, um, people don't die, um, cops or, or civilians. And and they're just their lives are terribly disrupted, um, either in the short term and in some cases in the long term. Um, some, some
0: cases to, uh, they'll shoot the family dog.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty tragic instance. Um, you know, I I would like to s- I, I would like to see something done about that. And I don't know precisely what um, mm-hmm. you know, no knock raid should be stopped is really what my answer yeah, is. Yeah,
0: well, of course, I mean, as we pointed out, that, uh, we pointed out originally when this story occurred and when similar stories have occurred. And they can, they will continue to occur as long as the war on drugs continues to uh, to go on in America. You can expect that someone else who's completely innocent of anything will have their door kicked in and armed thugs break into their home and they they will get killed. More people will continue to die as Catherine Johnston has, uh, has died in, for absolutely no reason. In the name of this war, this insane war on drugs that we have going on in this country that does nothing but put our friends and family members in jail cells if they don't happen to get shot and killed in a, uh, an armed police raid like this. Mm-hmm. And it, it also does nothing but um, contribute to the corruption of police officers and contribute to some police officers' deaths. In the case of Corey May in Mississippi... A man who's now on uh, death row, as I understand it. Uh, in, In his case, he had police officers break into his house in the middle of the night. They thought they had the right side of the duplex. Instead, they had the wrong side of the duplex, so they broke into Mr. May's home. He heard an armed gang breaking into his house, got scared, grabbed a gun, fired, shot and killed the son of the police chief. Now he's on death row, even though he didn't even have the drugs. Yeah. So just, I mean, example after example, and Radley Balco over at TheAgitator.com does a really great job of sort of keeping up on this. And he's got a, he's got a map of all of the the notable incidents that have happened that we've known about over the years. For, and it's just stunning when you look at this map with all these little point, pinpoints on it of people who were either killed or, or harmed or had their lives torn apart by these uh, essentially gung-ho cops that are high on an adrenaline rush. And are all about just wreaking havoc on people's lives.
2: What's so ironic about it too is cops like that. I imagine they have several guns in their homes, and if somebody broke into their homes in the middle of the night, they would shoot first and ask questions later.
0: Sure they would. I think as most people who want to protect their families
1: would do. Yeah, it just goes to show that we're you know we've at, at the very least we've taken the first step down um, the road to a police state. Our cops are morally superior to our citizens is, mm. is the way it's portrayed, the, the way that it's legislated, the way that it's adjudicated, and the way that most Americans just sort of think.
0: Not, not only that, but also just sort of the, uh, the attitude that that conveys to these or that, that that the police sort of take on when they have these jobs to do uh when their job is to kick in people's doors and and search people's homes and cuff people for essentially doing something that has never harmed anyone else except for maybe themselves that is using drugs or selling drugs and in fact Julia don't you, don't you have a friend that has a, a like a boyfriend who is in the military. Who is? He's just gung ho about this. Yeah, stuff, he isn't thinks
2: he? it's funny when this stuff happens.
0: Right, that's the attitude.
2: Yeah, he, he wants to be a cop. He was in in the military, and he's all gung ho for this kind of behavior. And he wants to become a cop now. And he thinks stuff like this is hilarious.
0: Stuff like kicking in people's yes. doors. Yes, he thinks and harming it's funny. Others. Right, sad. That's and we had sick. An, we had an email essentially from from one of our listeners earlier this week that described the same sort of mentality. He said that he used to think that way. That this was a cool thing. It was. It's. It's fun to, uh, you know, take a druggie and uh, kick him to the floor and cuff him and drag him around, beat him up a little bit, and ha ha ha. Yeah, don't agree with that. And it. It. just needs to come to an end. You know, it, even if,
1: it seems to me, even in the worst case scenario, um, you know, you should look at a drug addict as just like somebody with a problem. I mean, they're not hurting anybody. Right.
0: 800-259-9231 that's the toll free number you can take control of the airwaves john in new hampshire on the line your calls as well about whatever's on your mind coming up a psychic crackdown we'll find out what that's all about now i'm no fan of psychics but i don't think i, I think i'm even less of a fan of government officials I'll give you the latest this is your show it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com. It's a place to go. All the features are totally free, including the bulletin board system. Over 210,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting. There are serious issues to be discussed, and fun stuff as well. You'll find it all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project, as well as attend leadership and activist training seminars. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. To the phones, to the fun, it's John in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Julia and Mark.
3: Hi, folks. Hey, John. Hey. Hey, uh, just at, uh, at the chance that you might not ask me what else I have on my mind, uh, uh, that ad that you just read uh, still talks about the future of the Free State Project. I like to remind people it's happening now. It's true. And that relates to the, the topic of my call. Okay. What a pleasure it is to be living in New Hampshire where we have a culture of liberty, and it, it's uh, manifest in even the daily paper that's delivered to your doorstep. The union leader endorsed the Free State Project before New Hampshire was even picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they seem to be very supportive of the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance type agenda. We don't agree on everything.
0: Didn't the it, publisher of the union leader give a speech at the Liberty Forum
3: this year? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's also reasonable, with the uh, Elaine and Ed Brown case, there's reasonable reporters in other papers, which I don't get here locally, but like the Concord Monitor, there's this Gal Mago that reports, not perfect, but who is, uh, you know, this is mainstream media. Mm-hmm. But I was watching something on the uh, on the internet, you know, with the YouTube, everything can get on there. But this is something that the folks out in Keene have on their local cable access show, a live Free Minds TV, and folks could go on the computer and look that up, Free Minds TV.
0: Well, they can; but, they don't even have to go to uh, to look it up. They can just go to freekeene.com. dot which uh, that's Keen with an E on the end of it, freekeen.com. I probably should register free K-E-N just so people don't mess up. But uh, the, all of the Free Minds TV episodes are right there. Um, this easily... is such a pleasure. Yeah.
3: E- even even the Sunday morning talking head show out of Manchester, you know, the, the morning uh, Sunday morning you know, political discussion, right. half-hour show, this is, a, this is a show where the talking heads kind of take a middle ground. They don't have some liberal statist bias. Um, it's, it's just really a pleasure, and I, and I wanted to express that to, to folks who may be considering coming to New Hampshire. Uh, it's just one more thing. Uh, you know, I, I like to talk about the cult, culture of liberty. Uh, you know, mo- most folks that have uh, been looking around enough, they know that there's some music, there's some visual arts, there's some videography and all that stuff, but it's right there in the you know, so-called mainstream Press. Yep, and it's, and it's in increasing.
0: There are more shows and more new media, sort of uh, pro-liberty media, coming on the air on an on a almost almost uh, monthly basis, it seems. I Mark, guess
3: my point is, Ian, yeah. he, even the existing media, even, I mean, it's a, it's a super pleasure to have the activists doing what they're doing, and that's going to influence elsewhere. But sure. even the existing media, even before the Free State Project picked New Hampshire... There was some support here. The culture here is fantastic. It's the only place that I'm aware of in the country that leans in this direction. And my, I guess my point that I want to say again, it's, it's an absolute pleasure to be able to pick up a paper and read an editorial that just supports
0: Yeah. There's nothing quite like it, and uh, and John, I'll thank let you, you the point. I'll for let the you call go and, uh... much appreciated. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. They're really he's right. I mean, they're here in New Hampshire. There are pro liberty media all over the place, and they're going to, and there are going to be more popping up from time to time. In fact, Mark, you just started today uh, your your very own. Television show,
1: right? I, I didn't exactly start it today, but I, we we went live today.
0: Today I, was the first day anyone ever saw it on right, television.
1: Right? I uh, I put out some three three recorded episodes, I guess, that are going to be used as practice or backup episodes yes. in case I don't make it or something like that. Um, but yeah, the uh, the Keen Weekly News with uh, News and Views by yours truly. Uh, is It comes on every Friday at uh, 5.30. Right. Now, you're cool.
0: going to get somebody because you don't have the technical know-how yet to do this on your own, but you're going to have someone posting those to freekeen.com. Mm-hmm. So our listeners could actually watch you do your, your right. television. I, I it is
2: very amusing. I thought your show went great today,
0: Mike. Yeah, you did a good job. I am a beautiful man. So um, you know, so there's there are more and more media options popping up here. And thank goodness, because the state needs it. The state needs as many media, pro-liberty media options as possible because right now we're in in kind of a tough um, bind here in New Hampshire. Yeah, the free staters are moving in slowly. There are only about 200 that have moved in at this point, and they're making a difference. But at the same time, all of the New Hampshireites were so, you know, the the voters in New Hampshire, like many around the country, were pretty pissed at the Republicans this Mm -hmm. year. So they voted them out and voted in a bunch of Democrats, now as a result of that, now we've got a minimum wage increase coming through in New Hampshire. Seatbelt regulations. Seatbelt law possible. that might pass here. So there's all kinds of bad news that could come down the pipe within mm-hmm. the next couple of years, which is why we need as many activists to move in as part of the Free State Project as we could possibly get.
1: and it's As quickly as possible.
0: Right, and that's one reason why having this um, pro-liberty media here is good, because it's going to give people hope in this sort of... S- semi-dark time that we have here in New Hampshire. As I've said, it's probably going to get a little bit worse before it starts getting better. The free staters are, are doing a good job at managing to hold the line on, on some issues, but it there looks like... There just isn't enough of us. There are not enough of us, and it looks like they're about ready to shove this minimum wage increase through, which is just an awful idea. Um, And in case you don't know why, the reason why minimum wage increase is an awful idea is because it's it's anti-business freedom. It prevents a business person and their employee or potential employee from making an, an agreement between the two of them as to what they should get paid. And if the if the agreement isn't to the employee's liking, then he or she should go to another employer and work a deal with them instead. Well, you know that's the
1: freedom aspect uh, of it, and I certainly agree with it. But you know, to some, what it, it bears uh, mentioning that well, people are going to lose jobs as a result of the minimum wage. The people that aren't worth seven dollars and twenty five cents an hour to be to employ.
0: How dare you say that? Every human being is worth at least $20 an hour. How dare you? No, they're not. They're, I actually got my first
1: they job They can't produce age, it. They're not.
2: I actually got my first job at age 14 for $5.15 an hour. Mm-hmm. And you should have
0: been getting paid a, a living wage. Well,
2: I wasn't worth that then. But and the and skill- she wasn't
1: trying to make a living. She
0: was 15. Yeah, Why are you so I was, self-deprecating?
2: I was very thankful for my $5.15 an hour. I was you were being money. exploited. When none of my friends were, and I learned a lot from that.
0: It's called exploitation, Julia. That business owner was taking advantage of you. You were so young and innocent. You didn't know what you were getting into. The
1: thing about young people, though, is they don't know when they get into the job arena. Some are better than others when they start, but they don't know what it takes to have a job, like showing up on time, being courteous to customers. You know, the real basics? Those people... You know, they they need a training wage, and that's really what the minimum wage, you know, the, the lower-than-minimum wage, whatever, is. You know, I
0: really like uh, Dr. Mary Ruart's book, Healing Our World, which is available for free on her website at Ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T.com. Anyway, in that um, book, she goes into examples real-life examples of how the minimum wage hurts those people that it's intended to help. The minimum wage is supposed to help people on the you know, the poor end of the spectrum, when in fact it doesn't. In fact, I'll bring up an example of that here in a few moments. At 800-259-9231, whether it be the minimum wage or whatever's on your mind, you can take control of the airwaves toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. Also on the way, the psychic crackdown and a student who was arrested for writing an essay. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show, bring up what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. All the features are totally free, including the wiki. Uh, That is W-I-K-I.FreeTalkLive.com. Over 1,300 pages await you. All of them created by listeners just like you. And you can go in there and edit them to your heart's content at wiki.FreeTalkLive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does
1: collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live.
0: So we were talking a few moments ago about the minimum wage here in New Hampshire. And across the country, there are always politicians that are agitating for an increase in the minimum wage. And there are there's one main reason why they do this. It's because it wins votes. That's really why politicians do this. I mean, either either they understand economics or they don't. Right. And they're looking for votes. See, because if you understand economics, you know that the minimum wage... All it really does is succeed in pricing people out of the marketplace as far as jobs are, low, low- level jobs are concerned um, and increasing the price of um, in many cases the products that are that are created by mm-hmm. those workers. Um, but if you don't understand economics then it just sounds like a good idea you know paying people more sounds like a good idea. Well if it's a good idea to pay people more, why not just pay everybody20 dollars an hour? How about a hundred?
1: Because it's going to grind business to a halt.
0: That's when you can start to realize, when you start making outrageous suggestions as far as the increase of the minimum wage, that's when you can start to understand how it would hurt businesses and and how it does hurt businesses and
1: employees. And and, and people that uh, wouldn't otherwise be able to get jobs. I mean, you know, there's there's out there somewhere somebody who could sweep your parking lot for $3
0: an hour. Have you read Mary Roart's book? uh yeah because that's where I was going to go next um she points Sorry. out she points out this is from ruart.com uh, that the elderly and the handicapped are adversely affected by a minimum wage increase as well beyond because typically the first victims of a minimum wage are low-skilled workers like teenagers especially um minority teenagers and and the statistics are there to back these claims up the elderly and handicapped, though, are also adversely affected. And this was vividly ba- uh, brought home to me in the mid 1980s while renovating low-income housing in the city of Kalamazoo. A young, unskilled man who was partially disabled had been watching our progress and asked if he could do some cleaning and yard work for two dollars an hour. He was willing to accept such low wages, and this was in you know mid the mid 80s when the minimum wage wasn't as high. I think it was
1: three thirty-five when I uh, started. Right.
0: So he was willing to accept those low wages because he could walk to the work site. He lived across the street. He also hoped that I might be able to give him a recommendation so that others would give him a chance. Mm. I explained to him that minimum wage laws prevented me from hiring him for anything less than $3.35. We both knew that I could hire an able-bodied person at that rate who would do more work per hour. And we both would have been satisfied to settle on $2 per hour. Remember, it was him that approached her and said, hey, I'd like to work for you. Here's what I'll work for. Sure. I mean, he knows, that,
1: um, he knows that in the marketplace, in the arena where he's competing against everybody, that a floor on the wage puts him at a disadvantage because there are people out there that have all their arms, all their legs, mm-hmm. um, all their fingers, all their toes, and all their mental faculties that will work For minimum wage, usually they are people that are under the age of 18, or certainly under the age of 20, um, that'll work for that wage. But they're out there now. He has to compete against those people, and he what mentally he had some problems, mentally
0: challenged and a little disabled.
1: Yeah. Uh, So you know, I mean, that that puts him at a distinct disadvantage. What he needs to be able to do as a business, a business that sells his labor, that's what he is. Mm -hmm. He sells his labor to somebody. He needs to be able to compete in some areas. So one way to do that is an introductory offer. He can introduce his labor at a lower rate and say, hey, you know, if I can work as well as somebody who's able-bodied or whatever, then you can raise my wages. So he could prove himself, essentially.
0: But he won't get a chance to do otherwise. Now he's stuck on uh, SSI. But we were forbidden from law by doing so. Had we gone ahead with the $2 an hour deal, government enforcement agents could have find me, i.e. take in my created wealth, at gunpoint, if necessary. Now, why shouldn't this young man have been able to make his own choices? He viewed working for $2 an hour in the same way that I had viewed working in the laboratory, as a stepping stone to something better. Surely he could decide what a particular job was worth to him. By supporting minimum wage laws, we've condemned many of the disadvantaged to life on the dole. Being dependent on others is surely more degrading than starting at the bottom and working one's way up. And, you know, that's also when politicians get out and they agitate for an increase in the minimum wage, they really are insulting people, aren't they? They're saying that you're just too stupid to be able to make a deal, a business deal for yourself. Mm-hmm. You just can't. You little peons. What do you know about working and getting paid? What do you think? You can make your own decisions? You can analyze information and uh, come to conclusions? <laughs> Only us politicians can make those sorts of decisions. How dare you think those things about yourselves? How dare you aim to run your own lives and make, uh, make you know think your own thoughts? That's essentially what they're telling people. So there's one example. And just another point on the minimum wage is that when the minimum wage increases, there are only a few things that a businessman can do. One, especially businessmen that are on the edge – That's just really where it hurts. Um, If you're Walmart increasing the minimum wage, not a big deal. They just raise their prices by a penny each on every single item, and they've got it covered. But for a mom-and-pop business who's on the edge, barely getting their power bill paid, there are only so many things they can do to meet budget the next month after the minimum wage increases. One of those things is cut staff. I mean, that's, that's one of the easier ways. Give yeah. everybody double the responsibilities and Which is
2: passed left. on to the consumer, by the way. If there's less staff, jobs, uh, more pe- people get more responsibilities and it gets harder and harder to do all those things at once. So customers don't get as good of service.
0: They may have to wait a little bit longer or whatever. Exactly. You've
2: got to get rid of a cashier here.
0: Right. Just to, you, you've got to do what you've got to do to make it so your business has a profit or otherwise you're not going to be in business. Right. So you can either cut staff or you can cut costs. I mean, cutting staff is cutting costs, but if you want to keep your staff on board, if you really feel uh, a- allied with them, you want to help them out as much as you can, well, then you'll have to cut costs somewhere else. Maybe,
1: Maybe you know, don't turn the heat up quite
0: as much. Yeah.
1: Which, you know, is, is going to affect business. To as far as customers, customers don't want to be there. Right. Um, yeah, there's,
0: there's several things that can be done. But if you're if you're manufacturing a product, maybe use cheaper materials, which, again, will affect your business in the long run, because the other competitors from overseas may be using better materials and may be able to, um, you know, undercut your prices or domestic competitors, for that matter. Right. And then there's raising prices, which is the other option. So you can keep all your employees and keep your your products at the quality level that they're at. You just have to charge more for them because, well, you've got to pay your bills and one of your bills is overhead that you have to pay your employees. So the minimum wage doesn't do anything to help the poor people. It just puts a little bit more money in their pocket, but all of the prices, the, the, many of the prices of the things that they purchase in life will go up as a result. And so, what good is that little bit of extra money done them? And especially, what good does it do to the ones that lose their jobs? 800-259-9231, If you're a minimum wage supporter, would love to hear from you. Let's go to the phones and talk to Marlon in Illinois. Marlon, you take control of the airways. What's on your mind? Marlin,
4: Hey, Ian. Hey, Mark. Hey. hey. Julia's here, um, too.
0: What's on your mind, sir?
4: Well, I went to my uh, local vehicle registration office today. Mm-hmm. I just recently moved from Texas to Illinois, and uh, I was trying to get the vehicle all legal and proper. And so I go in, and they said, I need a transfer of title, and that's going to be a fee of uh, $65. To,
1: to transfer the title from one person to the other?
4: No, to from transfer state. title oh. from one state to another. Oh, that's cute. I have to get an Illinois title, even though the vehicle's title is a Texas title. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have to show proof of ownership with an Illinois title instead of a Texas title.
0: Why are you going through all these steps?
4: Because it's the law.
1: Yeah, and if you don't, you don't get a license plate. Oh, the law. Well, mean, don't
4: you already have you a Texas license, license plate? License plate? I have Texas license plates, but they expire at the
0: end of this month. Hmm, hang on. We'll bring you back and talk a little bit more about this. Because right now, I've still got my Florida plates on. Why should I bother changing? 800-259-9231. I want my Florida game to protect my car. And I'm willing to pay them for it. We'll talk about it. Your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the packet 8.net toll-free line. For you, it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show. If you want to help Free Talk Live out, one of the ways you can do that is by amping. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for advertise, market, and promote. And about 370 of our listeners have become Free Talk Live amplifiers, which is pretty awesome. Because basically, it's above and beyond all of the free stuff that we give you on the website. The site's totally free, so this is a voluntary choice on top of that. And what you do is you go to amp.freetalklive.com, learn about the program, learn about how all we're asking for is 3 bucks a month. Now, you send in $3 a month via PayPal or any major credit card or some of our alternative options. And as a result, we'll take that money in and turn it around into advertising, marketing, and promoting Free Talk Live and getting the show on more radio stations around the country. And that means more new people coming across the message of freedom. And if that's important to you, then you should help us out. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com, and you'll get access to some perks, too. Let's go back to the phones. Marlin in Illinois just moved up to Illinois, which uh, from Texas to Illinois is now. Is that from the frying pan into the fire mm-hmm. from Texas to Illinois? I mean, Illinois is a bad place to live for, as far as liberty is concerned. They don't like guns very much in Illinois. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that you're there, Marlon, but I, I hope it was a good move for you.
4: Yeah, it
0: was for the girl. Oh, I see. One of those things. Well, now you're thinking about registering your car in Illinois, and you're finding out that the process is a little bit bureaucratic, and it's going to cost you some money. But my question for you is, wouldn't it be possible to essentially tell the state of Texas that you're living in Illinois for part of the year and that you're going to be in Illinois for the part of the year where you – you. normally, I presume Texas sends you a renewal once a year, right, for your Cor- for your tag? Correct. correct. You just tell Texas that you're going to be up in Illinois during that part of the year, so go ahead and send your renewal uh, notice up to my address here in Illinois. And, of course, the state of Texas wants your money, so they'll go ahead and do that. And then you just keep renewing with Texas every single year, and why bother jumping through Illinois' hoops?
4: The My thing is, the less encounters with Leos, the better, in my opinion. And with the Texas plates in the small town that I'm in, oh. I feel more of a target.
0: You're in a small town, then, where people would notice you and remember your car and that sort of thing. Correct. Got it. That makes sense. What's and the uh, What's the requirement, uh, the, the law say, that you've got to do it within a certain number of days?
4: I, I believe it's within 30 days of the move. Um, I'm not totally sure. I didn't ask that question. I see. Well, but, you know, uh,
0: you got to do what you got to do, man, and yeah. uh, and good and luck with that. The license
4: plates are, are seventy five dollars, so I'm looking at one hundred forty three just to get the vehicle legal. Wow.
0: Yeah. Well, that's that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Yeah, yeah. more good. money thrown down the crap hole. Good luck with that, man. And thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. I totally understand where he's coming from on sure. that one, because then that's going to result in him being targeted. And that's no fun. Nope. No one wants to be targeted by the police. So uh, let's uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the cops here in a little while. In fact, I guess we're talking about them right now with a psychic crackdown going on in, was it Philly?
2: Philadelphia, yes. Philadelphia's fortune tellers didn't see it coming. Suddenly, they're facing a very unhappy fu- future. Alerted to an obscure state law <laughs> banning fortune telling f- for gain or lucre, the city's Department of Licenses and Inspections is closing storefront psychics, astrologers, phrenologists, and tarot card readers who charge money for their services.
1: I believe phrenologists read the bumps in your head. Really? Really? <laughs>
2: wow.
1: Wouldn't make this crap up.
2: Inspectors had closed...
0: You in- didn't make it up, but they did.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Inspectors had closed 16 shops since Tuesday. They've been busy. Wow. Yeah. We, we were not aware that it was a crime, he said, but the police... De- Ignorance <laughs> of the law is no excuse. Well, they don't even know the laws. These right. are city officials. <laughs> but the police department came to us a few days ago and showed us where the crime code prohibits psychic readings. We looked into it, and it's clearly illegal. Mm. I was surprised.
1: Then make it legal.
2: Yeah, it's so silly. If, you're, if you are to go back into all of the old laws, some of the most ludicrous things are illegal. Are you going to start enforcing all of those?
0: Well, apparently they're going to enforce this one. And why would they want to make it legal, Mark? Then they can't go around and you know bust people and stuff. Well, they can tax. They can tax them. I mean, they
1: have the. uh, the, the Oh, they already got the business licenses. But they already this year. But they won't have next year's. They won't have the. uh, Someone will fill the building space.
2: I wonder what these people are going to do now. Because when I see most places like this, they're usually run out of home businesses. So these are people that work for themselves. And uh, I mean, what else are they going to do? They've probably been doing this for a while, and they like. I that guess they they'll can... just
0: take their scam somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because they are scam artists, and that's what they're con- That's I'm, that's going to be the position of the city officials. I, I don't know if they they're quoted on this, but. But they're going to take the position that while well, these guys are running scams on the people of Philadelphia and now that we know that it's illegal, we're going to do the city a favor and, and shut them down.
1: You know, uh, these these psychics, uh, I, I really – I don't think they have any excuse. They should have seen it coming. That, they already yeah, made that I joke thought,
0: in the front <laughs> of the article. I thought article. that
2: was hilarious, start of the article. You <laughs> can about, only
1: make that joke once, Mark. Sorry, I didn't know that. I didn't, yeah. didn't hear that part. What
2: about all the government scams? They scam people all the time. Well, sure you they know, do. Is but is
1: they're, they're <laughs> legal. Um, a friend of mine uh, used to go to these uh, psychic reading parties in Sarasota, <laughs> and it was just a bunch of uh, really, really wealthy women that would go for an inter, um, you know, an evening of entertainment. They would drink alcohol, and um, this ga- <laughs> gal would uh, read their fortunes, and you know, it was a show. Yeah. And what's wrong with that? It's like magnetism. It? Of course, they were paying. Okay. Somebody was
0: paying for it. The, the woman the host of the party. Was well, paying they're saying for it. you can do it for free. Yeah. In Philadelphia, you just can't charge for
1: it. But
2: why would somebody do that? Oh exactly they have to take time to do it time is money that's ridiculous
1: yeah. well you know it I it's it, that you think they would be able to come up with some way around this um you know they they should do the readings for free and, and then, then ask for a donation or or sell a uh, sell a product you know here buy my little uh you know prayer rug or, and you'll
0: get a free reading right that's uh-huh. a good idea you know Here's
1: some mystic oil, or here's a crystal. <laughs> you know, Buy this thing, and you'll get a free reading.
2: Well, they shut down 16 shops, so I wonder what the process is of opening the shops back up and doing what you're suggesting.
0: I don't know. Is there more detail in the article?
2: Fortune telling for profit is a third-degree misdemeanor. The law has been on the books for more than 30 years. Verdi said that he does not know how many shops operate in the city but he expected inspectors to close more in the days ahead inspectors are not imposing fines and police are not making arrests you should feel lucky
0: <laughs> yeah you've just lost your business you should feel lucky
2: but they will they will if these people try to return to work most so-called psychics he said are not little old ladies with kerchiefs on their head but clever con, art, con artists capable of stealing large sums stealing
0: yeah, sorry, no, they're not stealing anybody. I mean, unless they're actually picking someone's pocket during the uh, the reading, they're getting these believers, people that go to psychics believe in psychics. They're getting these believers to voluntarily turn over their money. How much different is that from a church?
1: Right, you know, there's people out there that believe that
0: you, you pick the religion, they believe
1: it's not true, that it's a scam, that right. it's, uh, you know, nonsense. So. Why is that a difference? I mean, what's the difference? Essentially, they're espousing a religion, the ability to speak to
0: the dead. So it's a scam when you're looking into a crystal ball, but not when you're reading an old book. I mean, really, there's very, very sl- subtle differences here. And yes, I know, most most religious leaders aren't trained in the art of cold reading, which is, by the way, how most psychics do it. They, they've they got someone that essentially walks into their office cold, like a cold call in mm-hmm. sales the person walks into their office and the psychic is trained to ask certain questions that that will find things out about the person, yeah, so find they can- basics out about the person. and They'll sort of base their questions off of those questions and and they'll base their presumptions. And, and And really, it's just it's an art. It's a scam art, but it is an art of cold reading. And some of them are better than others. And you know what? If you believe in psychics. You're making a voluntary choice to go and patronize these people. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why this needs to be made illegal. It's not like somebody who's going and... It's not like the the uh, the gypsies that'll go around and sell you a you know a new color for or a new coating for your driveway, which washes off with the next rain. Well, I don't know that that's
1: necessarily um, gypsies that are doing that. It's the scam artists that are going around and doing it. And and largely, what you're talking about is um in as far as uh, psychic readers, is you are talking about people who are actually ethnic gypsies that that do this. You know, so what. So it doesn't matter what their um, ethnicity is. It matters whether or not they're um, misrepresenting their product or, you know, that kind of thing. As far as I'm concerned, you know, buyer beware in the area of uh, psychics. Totally.
2: Buyer beware in the area of everything.
1: Yes. Well, I I think that if a um, contractor comes to your house or somebody comes to your house and says, I'll paint your driveway and, um, you know, it'll last for, you know, and you ask them, how long will it last? Years and it doesn't last years you should have some kind of uh, recourse and that recourse should be um, you know sure then you're in, the in a, area of, uh, then the you've course, entered into but... a
0: contract the contract with a psychic is i'm going to pay you to tell me what you think my future is going to be yes but there's no scam there mm-hmm. they may be di- you know the 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 whole concept may be dishonest but you know what you're getting into when you go to a psychic 800-259-9231 are you someone who believes in psychics we'd love to hear from you and I would like to point out that Free Talk Live will never have a psychic on the air, ever. It's the worst radio (laughs) you could possibly have. (laughs) Hour two's coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching in hour number two. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. That, once again, freetalklive.com. We start things out this hour by going to the phone calls. It's Dennis in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live
5: with Ian, Julia, and Mark. Hey, Dennis. Howdy, folks.
0: Hey, what's on your mind?
5: Well, I was listening to the podcast uh, with your awesome interview with this guy, Robert Menard. Mm, from Saturday, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, he, the guy who managed to somehow, like a ninja, evade the system, which was very cool.
1: <laughs> He's a Jedi. You do not need to uh, see Yeah, it.
5: totally. I have this wonderful, like, like boy fantasy of being a Jedi, like, no, cop, you, you must, you know, I am not the droid you're looking for. <laughs> right. <That's> so awesome. <laughs> um but one of the things that he was talking about you asked a great question like how do we short circuit this whole annoying thing of having to elect people and fix the laws uh assuming we don't want to have laws over us and he talked about firing your representatives and he gave some like quick way you can somehow do that which is i guess sort of how he became a free man or well, something? Well, his
0: example doesn't really apply. Um, he t- Apparently on his website, and I think he mentioned it on the air, but definitely on his site, he points out that at least in his area of Canada, I don't know if it's a, this is across Canada, and I'm sure some of our Canadian listeners could verify, but he claims that when a representative is elected, they send out a, a piece of mail to every single, I guess, registered voter or maybe every single person in their, their district, essentially announcing, Hi, I'm your representative. And he, he is, his suggestion is that you they will be your representative unless you write them back and say, no, no, you're not. <laughs> and uh, obviously we don't get those letters here in America, so I don't know if that would really apply.
5: And he, he mentioned that the underpinnings that made that the case was that uh, he was operating under a common law system. And it turns out that is one of the differences between Canada and the U.S. As I understand that, I'm not a lawyer, but I'm sort of I, – I have to deal with them sometimes mm-hmm. – um, in the U.S., we have a corporate law system, and uh, it, it just kind of jogged my mind. One of the one of the last acts of uh, Richard Marple before he was unelected, uh, wh- who was a state rep here in, in New Hampshire, was he drafted some legislation that would reenact, recreate the common law court system, which would do all sorts of wacky curveballs to the government, uh, including if if the thing passed, which it it didn't. Um, would have been to enable people here to do a lot of the same tricks that that Menard did hmm. um, because it's all based on the notion of common law. And um, it was actually picked up. It was co-sponsored by a couple of other what we would call A-reps, like people who pretty much vote freedom and liberty every single time Right, went ahead and put their name on it so it would go forward, even though Marple himself didn't get uh, – Re-elected. Isn't
0: he in a special election soon? Like he is
5: in a special election. I think it's coming up in another month or two. It's in June, I think. They're gonna, yeah. He he will be running for. Uh,
0: I hope for he makes it back in. Pizza. Now, I don't. I also don't know a lot about law, and uh, you know, I I shouldn't have to know a lot about law to get along with get on in my life. Um, but as I understand it, common law doesn't go away. Um, but but the court system, as you point out, is a corporate law situation. Where essentially, you know, the government has incorporated itself, whatever the heck that means. I really don't know what it means. Um, but you'll see, like, different cities they've incorporated right. in 1797 or whatever. And, you know, the government is essentially a, some sort of a municipal corporation. And they write these corporate laws, which everyone is presumably um, subject to. Which they've somehow consented to, and again, this comes into this whole concept of a social contract, and it's all somehow tied in together, but Menard, I think, would point out that you know that common law doesn't go away just because there are courts that are operating under corporate law. you just simply withdraw your consent from the system as much as as you possibly can and uh, and then you you know you when a bureaucrat wants to engage you you go ahead and uh, engage them in discussion just unending levels of discussion and never get to the point of of conflict and
5: um, you, it it all gets so mumbled jumbly to me you, you, now you're talking like some of the state reps it's really freaky and well you know
0: it's it's faci- it's a fascinating concept you know the idea that basically when a government sends a uh, a notice to you to a, to appear in front of them or whatever whatever their demands are um There are usually only three ways that people respond, and there are usually only three ways that bureaucrats are used to people responding. They either pay the fine, uh, or they ignore it, or they take it to court. They contest it. And he's saying that, you know, if you just take it to court, then you've entered into conflict with these people, and then you're you're playing by their rules. He's suggesting that there's a, a fourth option that, of course, they don't tell you about. You know, sort of like how the judges don't tell people about jury nullification? He says there's there's this fourth option of discussion. They're giving you this notice. This is an offer to do so-and-so, an offer to agree to do so-and-so for these bureaucrats. And you're just simply writing them back saying, well, here's my offer, and I like, would like you to answer some questions before I go ahead and do what, you know, what you're requesting of me to do. And you just go back and forth with them, and they'll eventually give up on you because you're just, too much of a, you're just too difficult for them. They want someone who's going to be a pushover. They want someone who's going to either ignore them, pay the fine, or take it to court, where in- inevitably they're going to lose
5: most likely. Either that, or they send their ninjas to smite you. Yeah,
0: there you go, Dennis. Any other thoughts?
5: That's it. Thanks, I'll dude. See you later, guys. Appreciate it.
0: 800-259-9231. So yeah, what Robert Menard is doing is definitely outside of the box. But he's, I think, you know, I think he's very right to point out that there may very well be things out there in this legal system of ours that we don't know about. You know, these lawyers wrote all the rules, so maybe there are some rules that they just didn't tell you about in government high school. Maybe there are some things that when it says there are three options on the back of the ticket, maybe there is something else you can do. They just don't want to tell you about what those things are. Why would they? It would put their power in, in jeopardy, wouldn't it? I, I, I don't know. It's uh it's all so strange to me. 800 259 is the toll-free number. If uh, you have any comments on that whole concept, the concept of basically turning the bureaucrats' methods around on them um they say that the way you you can figure out what your enemy's worst uh <clears throat> what their weakness is your enemy's weaknesses is you examine the things that they use to threaten you and so the weapons of the bureaucrats are notices and demands and you know you must do this and paperwork mm-hmm. so you just send more paperwork to them they've got the guns though they do have the guns and that is what it comes down to isn't it all right so we were going to talk about the oh i had an email uh this one from nick He says, first off, I must take a moment to thank you both for your devotion and effort in promoting the ideals that I feel are deep-rooted in most Americans, regardless of their awareness of them. You're welcome. You both do a great service to those who listen to your show, and that deserves recognition. I first heard your show on a Saturday night several months ago while driving home from work. Something struck a chord. And I can't say just what it was, but your topics of discussion seemed so relevant. Not just the mindless droning that's so prevalent on talk radio now.
1: Oh, yeah, this politician does this and my political party does that. Damn
0: Uh, those liberals! Damn damn those conservatives! conservatives. Whatever. I've since been downloading the podcast daily and listening whenever I have a chance. So that's kind of interesting. We've taken a listener and uh, he found us on the radio and now listens during the week. Probably the only reason he isn't listening during the week on his radio station is because they don't carry us during the week. I have an email on just that sort of uh, progression. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I have a comment and story regarding the discussion of consumer debt the other night. First of all, the caller, uh, one of your callers, suggesting that there was a way to weasel yourself out of debt is a thief. I'm an adamant believer in personal accountability, i.e., if you get it, pay for it. The idea of using some loophole to absolve yourself of debt that was assumed by yourself is, to put put it lightly, Theft if you want to get out of debt, there's one way to do it, and that is pay your bills. The library' is filled with hundreds of books with strategies and plans to get your personal finances in order. Read one or many. find the plan that will work for you and follow it. You are where you are because of you. Second, a story regarding credit card debt i'm thirty two years old and I work with a guy that's only twenty five mm. He has over forty thousand dollars in credit ah, card debt forty grand at twenty five in wow. addition to ten to $15,000 in student loans. He needs to buy A Kid's Journey. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should have bought it for him when he was younger. Well, that's not the approach he's going to take. He's given up on his uh, his debts. Mm. And this is where I lose my mind, says our emailer, due to my beliefs regarding personal accountability. I saw him making a to-do list one day. One of the top items was to contact a lawyer. I questioned him as to why he would need a lawyer, as I know several. He responded that he needed to file bankruptcy. Because he had just stopped paying his bills months earlier. Yet he consistently spends in excess of $600 a week going out with his friends. Mm. How fast could his debt be paid off if he only stayed at home, brought his own lunch, and didn't buy a plasma television just for the Super Bowl? How much indeed? 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. Whether it's debt or whatever you want to talk about, you take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want toll-free. At 800-259-9231, that's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with me. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, including the updates. You just get signed up and we'll clue you in whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. Get on the list for free by going to updates com. That's updates.dotfreetalklive.com. Appropriately enough, we're talking about financial literacy. Got an email in. We'll continue that in a moment. But April happens to be Financial Literacy Month. So give the child in your life financial literacy, be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child a kid's journey to getting rich. Order it at akidsjourney.com or call 800-657-5066. That's akidsjourney.com, 1-800-657-5066. You know, it's never too late to become financially literate. Never too late. Even if you've gotten yourself into mountains of debt... Understanding the concepts of assets and uh, liabilities and investments and all those things, it's really important. And unfortunately, most parents weren't taught it in government school, so they don't know enough to teach their kids about it unless they happen to go on their own to learn these things. And so we're talking again about financial literacy. Nick in Indianapolis has emailed in. Nick's 32. He uh, works with a guy that's 25. The guy that's 25 has $40,000 in credit card debt. Mm. He has $15,000 in student loans and has given up on them. In fact, he was apparently asking Nick for some advice on finding a lawyer to go through the bankruptcy process because he just doesn't want to pay his bills. Can you bankrupt uh, student loan debt?
1: I, I have no gover- idea. government-backed debt, so I'm not sure that you can bankrupt that. Are all student loans
0: government-backed?
2: Uh Most of them, I'd say, probably are. It's very difficult to get loans. I'm not a bankruptcy attorney. Yeah. It's very difficult, as I understand it, from talking to students that I work with. It's very difficult to get a private loan Mm -hmm. from banks and things like that, and it has the interest rate is higher, so most people go government loans.
0: Got it. Well, I don't know. um, If you are a student and you know the answer, that would be wonderful at 800-259-9231. But anyway, as he points out, he's just stopped paying his bills, but constantly spends... $600 $600 a week or more, just going out with his friends. That's a lot of money. Yeah, $600 sure a week? That's crazy. Well, you know, beer, cigarettes, uh, strippers, I mean, it adds up over time. Anyway, how fast could his debt be paid off if he just stayed at home, brought his, own, brought his own lunch, didn't buy a plasma TV just for the Super Bowl? Needless to say, this type of behavior is that of only one person, a bureaucrat. Sorry, I'm just losing my mind recalling the story in my head. He says, I appreciate the show and hope you guys continue for many years to come. Uh, so anyway, the question is, what is wrong with people? Why is it that they, why is it that they do this? I guess it's because the government provides them the out. I guess it's because they know that uh, that bankruptcy exists, and they know that they can just rack up all this debt and then just make it disappear. Sure, there's some negative fallout from it. Uh, you 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 know your credit gets hurt for what seven years or something mm-hmm. like that, but then it goes back to uh, to zero, doesn't it? And then you get a clean slate, so you've just charged up a bunch of credit cards, bought a bunch of crap, and
1: well, they've clean changed slate. the bankruptcy laws uh, now, and they're they're much more stringent than they were a couple even a couple of years ago. Well, that's good. A lot of people were, uh, you know, charging things up, buying big screen TVs and cars and stuff like that, and then you know just jumping out on their responsibilities. So
0: I guess in some cases they do have to. I guess when you go through bankruptcy, you do have to give up some of your stuff, right? Don't you have to sell it, like fire sell it, fi- fire sale? It, it
1: depends something? on the uh, situation. So in a lot of cases, no. So you could keep the Plasma TV? I don't think, you know, I don't know um, about the Plasma TV. I, I,
0: I don't have experience in that area. But I guess in you some can claim cases, you don't have it anymore. In
1: com- some cases, the answer is no.
0: Right, and I'm sure, if you know, I'm sure if you know the bankruptcy system and you know how to work it, you can make it so you could just claim that, well, you don't have those things anymore, and They when in fact they're in a storage locker somewhere else, and you just go through the proceedings, get all the debt wiped away, and then get your stuff back. Anyway, it's 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 disgusting. Just the the lack of financial, uh, the lack of financial understanding and personal
2: responsibility.
0: Well, that's there. There are two things that are absolutely intertwined. And, I, you know, I like talking about it on a free talk live because it helps people maybe get get a clue.
2: And it's that, a real problem. What it's you, a major problem. Why do you say that? Well, I work with a lot of kids, and when I hear them talking about what kind of debt they've got and, and what kind of spending habits they have, it just blows my mind. When you say kids. Well, I don't really mean children, obviously. I'm talking college students age, and teenagers ages 18 to 25. Going, I I know a girl, and she has $30,000 in school loans alone, and she's not done yet. mm she spends, you know, she goes out on the weekend, drinks beer, that sort of thing. Sure. And, and when I and, and her attitude about money is, well, money is just, you know, it's just money, and, and <laughs> having having fun is important, and it costs money to have fun, right. so I'll just pay it off later.
1: Well. um, you, know, when you When you decide you're going to pay it off later, there's a lot of interest that yeah. builds in the process. Oh,
2: I don't yeah. think they understand it. Yeah, they just don't get it.
1: I think that um, you can have fun now and uh, still not rack up a bunch of debt. You're just going kind to of kind of watch out.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's
0: Well, if you're going to school, uh, if you don't have uh, you know parents who are going to bankroll that for you, there's no way you can avoid racking that sort of debt up. And I think you pointed out uh, to, off the air that this particular person is going to school for sociology. Which means that she's going to have a college degree in something that you really can't get a job in. It's like art. Unless you go, unless you get a teaching job. Yeah, that's really the only way that you can well, capitalize. Well,
2: colleges on are really good at turning out teachers.
0: Yeah, and and you're you're right. People just don't have a clue as to how powerful these interest payments can be. Okay, it's thirty thousand dollars in debt, meaning that's what your principal is. But what's that thirty thousand dollars going to be? Twenty years down the line, I don't know what 60. the what's the payback on a college loan? What's the length of time? You know, a house it's usually th- fifteen or thirty years, mostly thirty years, and many for many loans. Mm-hmm. What's a college loan?
2: I have no idea, but my dad is still paying off his college loan, and he's in his fifties.
0: Didn't he go to college late though?
2: Well, he started college when he was young, and then he continued when in uh, young 40s. So it's been ten years.
0: So I know that when you when you buy a house, you get that uh, little truth in loan sheet that shows you your original loan amount, say 150 thousand dollars or whatever you can even buy houses for that these these days. I guess you can now that the prices dropping. But your original loan amount, and then the number of years you're going to be paying, and at the end, if you pay the 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 required payment every single month for like 30 triple. years. It will be at least double, if not uh, 2.5 times, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more, what your original loan amount was. Meaning you're paying at least twice as much in just interest alone. So not only are you paying back the original amount, or in this case for $30,000, I bet you that'll turn into $60,000.
1: Maybe even $70,000. A lot of student loans can be very low. Um, I'm, I'm not saying that I recommend student loans, but uh, they can be a little lower because they're government- Because
0: they're subsidized. Mm-hmm. But either way, you're still going to be paying through the teeth sure, later, uh, you know, if you wait till later. Well,
2: why sad. would somebody who doesn't know anything about money and doesn't really care about money just think, oh, it's just a couple of dollars here and there or whatever. Why would they like interest payments don't concern them because they're not so concerned about money. And I think the mentality is that, well, when I get a job with my college degree, I'll be making $40,000 a year. So I'll be able to pay that debt off in two years and it, it it'll be easy. But yeah, but by not. that
0: time, by that time, then they've got a car payment to make
2: and a, a house and or rent, rent to pay
0: or house payment. Yeah, I never got a college degree and uh, I'm not taking a job for forty thousand dollars a year. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the toll free number. They don't realize what's coming in the future, and then they get loaded down with several instances of debt, and they can't get out. Well, they can, they just don't know how, and they don't, they're not interested in it. They just want to drink some more beer. Or on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line. You, see it here with you. And Julia. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there, totally free live streams included. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free. At freetalklive.com and the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th at Porkfest. You'll be able to hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project and attend leadership and activist training seminars as well as talk with New Hampshire natives and those who have made the move. So register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Max in the United Kingdom. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Max.
6: Hello, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good uh, evening. Thanks for taking my call again.
0: Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight?
6: Right. Uh, a couple of things I didn't, I couldn't get to it yesterday because I was at the end of the show. A um, number of things, actually. One of the first things is actually that I thought, and it seems to be common understanding that to burn a flag is, is a terrible thing, the United States flag, of course.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, but actually, it's actually in the United States code of uh, legislation, if you like, that it's actually the way to... Uh, render the end of a fitting emblem for display, i.e. a flag, is to destroy it in a dignified way, and preferably by burning. That's Yeah, I know. I couldn't believe it. It's uh, As the board, board op said, it's um, hidden in plain sight. All the laws are there. People bother to read them. And some of the stuff I've discovered, uh, following research from listening to Mr. Maynard that you had on there from Canada.
0: Yes, Robert Maynard.
6: Please, doc, okay, yeah? I've been looking. i spent a week now, pretty much, um, 12 hours a day, doing research into U.S. legislation, etc., and codes and historical facts and what have you. And it is a corporate uh, United States. When they talk of the Constitution, it's pretty much all down to a a corporate level. Um, Wait, what does that mean?
0: I mean, when someone says it's a corporate United States... What does it mean when the United States incorporates? What does that mean?
6: Okay, there's two ways. Uh, it's, well, the, the, the common thinking is that to incorporate, oh, you have to register a corporation through the government, you know. That's that's the common understanding. To incorporate isn't necessarily that, especially in common law. You can incorporate as an entity in a legal perspective if you want to and have it registered, if you like, with the U.S. government. Um, Corporations list, or whatever it may be. However, uh, to incorporate just means to bring together into one under one kind of formal structure. So, therefore, for example, we have something similar in the UK. Obviously, from Great Britain and what have you, we have common law, and what have you. And I've been looking into the UK constitution as well, and it looks at um, the fact that you can have municipalities which are corporate, uh, incorporated, or corporated, mm-hmm. and that means that they've been given. Uh, pretty much common law or royal charter to incorporate, become a formalized body of an area, and therefore to be uh, have the benefits and protections of a incorporated body, if you like. And is is of, that why is that why
0: bureaucrats have what they call sovereign immunity because they're essentially working for this corporation, the city or the the state that um, they they um, can't be sued, sort of like officers of a corporation?
6: Complicated in in that respect. There's various sets of laws, as far as I can understand, that cover that. Yes, you can have an office, an immunity as office of uh, uh, a a sovereign item, a sovereign entity, which is possibly under depending how you say you were to attack them in 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 a point of law. That it might be able to cover themselves under something like that. But they would also be able to cover themselves under the fact that the regulations are either terms of. uh, entity within that formalized corporation or incorporation, municipality, etc., would be that the rules governing all these codes of legislation would be that to protect themselves, they are free from prosecution in those cases. I've looked at one thing. So so it's just the corporate rules.
0: Like, if you don't like the corporate rules, too bad, screw you, you can't prosecute the bureaucrats.
6: Well, yeah, and this goes kind of, as I said, it goes kind of pretty much into what uh, Robert Menard was saying in that... if you accept, there's, a contract is a two-way thing. Someone offers, there's got to be someone that's offering something, someone to receive something. Yeah, every contract do, I've ever
0: ever gotten into is definitely a two-way thing. I The offer was it made, has to be, it I has accepted to be the offer, thing. and you have to understand the offer before you can truly accept it.
6: Exactly, exactly. But if you don't protest it, legal terms maybe, but if you don't protest it or deny it or, or uh, rescind it, however, then it's taken as an assent, it's taken as a... The, the quietness in your voice, or, or they're not doing anything with it, means that you're agreeing to it tacitly. That's yeah? uh,
0: that, the way. That, that now, that's not the way most contracts work, but it is the way the legal system presumes. It is
6: exactly the way that they're able to catch everyone into this thing. And then you've got a deeper element to this in the fact that it's been so intrinsically, I don't know, enmeshed into every everything and anything using, you know. Blowing people's minds or making. Well, a lot of people can't comprehend this, so therefore, when they set up a business, they do go and think, okay, I've got to get a license. And they get a license from the state. And as soon as you get a license from the so called state or the corporate body,
0: you're subject to their rules. You're now
6: governed by their rules. Mm -hmm. Whether you know them or not, it's your duty to look them up or to refuse them. And then as you do that as a business, obviously, then if you have employees, well, hang on, you're bound by their rules now, so you've got to. Follow all their rules, and you've got to take on the employees, and you've got to take on these social security numbers. If not, you're opening yourself to their legal system. It, it is pretty much an us and them situation, and it is so enmeshed in your society and over here too. And Mark you, hold on too. a
0: second, Mark looks confused I'm just wondering
1: how it is that uh, we were uh, we engendered this responsibility because, we, uh, because the company incorporated, who engendered what responsibility? Um, you say we to be able to get they uh, the have to have the social security numbers, that kind of thing.
6: You don't have to have a social security number. You don't? Okay. But, no, you don't. But it will, one, will, one would have been issued for you at the time of birth The doctors that... You know they like people to go into a hospital and uh, have... Uh, I've looked at this partly as well. They, people like to... You've got to go in hospital. You've got to have a birth in hospital. You can't have one at home. And if you do have one at home, you've got to have a registered licensed practitioner there to deliver the baby.
7: Mm-hmm.
6: If they then have a licensed person there, whether in the hospital or outside, they have a duty... Because they're an officer of the government by way of a license, et cetera, et cetera. Right. It's the rules they have to follow. Exactly. So therefore, they have to register what's called a record of live birth. I was reading about this not so long ago. A a record of live birth, which means that, ah, there you go, um, that has been another item produced, if you like, and so that has got to go in the register of the United States Corporation.
0: Right, so the only way to actually have a kid outside of the system is to not involve the hospitals, not involve uh, one of these registered home nurses or whatever, and just do a home birth, which is what some people we know have actually done, and their kids, as a result, are completely off the map.
6: Completely, exactly. And if they're completely off the map, then obviously they're not fully bound, unless they wish to uh, acknowledge that they'll accept the terms, tacit terms, or however, or even very frank terms, of engaging into the... uh, if you like the, the corporate environment, which seems to be that everyone, like, oh, that's the government, that's our, that's us, that's our people, that's our society. It isn't necessarily. If um, oh, the other thing is, as a social security number does get registered, if it does go through that process, that it will get registered up anyway. Some kind of set, uh, security number will be identified for that entity that was born, that for that record of live birth, and that's the one that you will be, because I think you're obligated to. Uh, from within the first five years, or after the, five, the kid is five years old, you have to then you've got to register it. Otherwise, you would be in deep trouble, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's another little one of these legislative things that compel people to. Oh, I've got to, I've got to register this kid now. I've got to get that social security. Sure, now. and then they use and terms, it is, it is. and then
0: they use terms like "you must," as Robert Bernard had had suggested, yep. which doesn't really exactly. mean what you think it means.
6: Exactly, exactly. It means an offer. It is an offer. Uh, I, I'm, I'm shocked by what I've read in this last week. And I, I've, I've studied really hard. I used to be in research and development, and I've been using my researching skills to look up some of this stuff. And some of the legislation as well, I find it quite uh, curious, actually. When I've come to something that seems to be very, very critical, um, it then when you click on the link to go and find the further in-depth or history of that or the full text of it, it then says this link is not um, capable to be found, etc., you it's interesting, isn't it? I mean,
0: basically these lawyers have created this it's this system that is so intricate and so detailed that everybody has been so effectively brainwashed to believe that they must be participants in it when in fact it is all according to you know the research you've done and Robert Bernard at thinkfree.ca has done, when in fact all of it has it is voluntary. Yes, there are still men out there with guns. And Max, thank you for the call. There are still men out there with guns, and they will do scary, dangerous, violent things to you if you don't if you don't volunteer into their system. But the fact still remains. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you.
2: And Julia.
0: And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you like the show, then buy some stuff at store.freetalklive.com, where we've got all kinds of neat new products that are for sale in a pre-order phase right now, though I was talking with our store manager, Johnson, today, and uh, he told me that he's getting ready to place the orders for those pre-ordered products. So should we them. Shouldn't be too much longer before you'll have them in your hot little hands. So get over there, place your pre-order now uh, at store.freetalklive.com. We've got the free uh, the Free Talk Live two gigabyte multi gadget, which is going to have uh, first of all, it's going to have an FM tuner in it, which we paid a little bit extra for, and the uh, it also has of course two gigabytes of space as a flash drive, mm-hmm. and it's an MP3 player, and it's uh it's also oh gosh, ebook uh, reader, voice recorder, uh, and voice it's an reader? ebook reader. Yep as well. So all of that for less than 60 bucks you can't beat that price anywhere. It, and it's only available through our store at store.freetalklive.com. Not to mention all the other cool clothing items like the Free Talk Live hoodies, which were in high demand, the Free Talk Live ladies t-shirts. Also, people love the Free Marketeer uh, logo, which doesn't have really anything to do with Free Talk Live. There. Free Talk Live isn't anywhere on the free marketeer products. It's just a cool-looking logo, and so people wanted it on a T-shirt. Now they have that, too. The Free Talk Live beanie cap, the Free Talk Live lighter and bottle opener combo, and a retractable lanyard, all for sale right now. Plus all the old great products like our classic archive DVD collector sets and the original Free Talk Live T-shirts and more. All there. Store.freetalklive.com. So then, uh, whether it's common law or whether it's uh, monetary, fiscal responsibility, or whatever's on your mind, you take control at 800-259-9231. In the meantime, we go to the uh, the email box, Mark, and uh, I guess an email about the different types of Free Talk Live listeners. Because we had one guy email in uh, who said he just happened to discover the show one night on, on his local radio station. Mm-hmm. And it, it caught his notice. And eventually, he turned into a, a full... 18-hour-a-week consumer of Free mm-hmm. Talk Live. There's a process there, isn't there?
1: There, Well, you know, so it's outlined in this uh, email by Trent. I was considering the unique culture you guys seem to have created with the uh, show based on how much how much people have listened and who they agree with. I've come up with a neat little chart that reflects this. First level, skimmers. Their listening time zero to three hours a week. These are the listeners who listen to the show while driving because it's on the uh, preset station in their car. Or... They are listeners who are looking for something to fill their iPod up. They generally listen to, with half an ear and remain on the stage until they listen with their whole brain for about one minute. Then they go um, to stage two or they flee. <laughs> two, train Receteers uh, Listening time, three to nine hours per week. These are the listeners who were not scared off in stage one, and now they will actively change the channel to find the show. They tend to listen out of morbid fascination. Several have interesting reactions at this stage. For example, if one is driving, they may have, uh, make a lane change without noticing. If they are alone, their eyebrows may go up, and they may, may mouth the word, wow, silently to no one. More than one has been known to squirt milk or worse, Diet Pepsi, out of their noses. <laughs>
7: Level
1: three. Marketeers. These are people... uh, Marketeers, you'll see it. Listening time, 9 to 12 hours per week. Many listeners have come to appreciate a good train wreck and enjoy debates and how well liberty-oriented arguments stand up to scrutiny. These listeners enjoy and respond well to Mark, but are scared and confused by Ian. They're glad Mark is there to keep the anarchist in check. Number four, ping-pongers. Listening time, 12 to 18 hours a week. Listeners now pop between Ian and Mark on issue by issue, but they still tend to side with Mark, but they no longer think Ian should be committed. (laughs) Sometime around this stage, amping is common. (laughs) I like that part, because I'm really not to that stage yet. (laughs) Free Marketeers. Now, their listening time is all 18 hours, if possible. Uh, Now listeners see the difference between principled libertarianism and pragmatic surrender. They associate themselves solidly with Ian's side and increasingly think about the FSP during odd times, like during the movies, dinner, or more awkwardly, sex. (laughs) (laughs) Six. Level six. The fire marketeers. Listeners think Mark is either lazy or a plant by socialist socialist subversive groups. Either way, he's got to go. Symptoms of this stage usually center around serious attempts to out Mark as a homosexual, which, unfortunately, are (laughs) taken as jokes. Level seven, free stater. The listener is now a member of the Free State Project, spends, um, the, spreads the message of liberty to anyone willing to listen, but generally annoys his or her significant other. <laughs> they, will, uh, ju- they will get ready to or move to New Hampshire. By this point, their, their extended family is making preparations for, inter- for an intervention of some sort. Level eight, translation. The listener, after fighting for years of freedom, becomes perfect in the eyes of the freedom gods. The listener is translated to heaven without Aww. death. <laughs> Although this stage is theoretical at this point, I suggest you meet Russell Canning while well, you can. <laughs> uh, where are you on the levels of corruption? <laughs> I think it's very That's clever. That's cute. lot yeah, that really of cool. thought into that. Mm-hmm. Who wrote that? Uh, his name's Trent.
0: Very cool. 800 so. 259 is the toll-free number, and uh, you can bring up whatever you want. Let's uh, go to another email, this one from Parker. He says, hey guys, there's something I've been thinking about that I wanted to throw your way. I'm committed to the principles of liberty, but I just have this nagging concern that if they don't address things like pollution or energy, or that they don't address things like pollution or energy use. If I own a plot of land that includes part of a river, do I have a right to dump, Crap in the water, which will flow downstream and onto others' property? For that matter, how do factory owners have the right to release smog into the air, which will blow onto others' land as well? If there was a way to keep these things isolated to the property that one owns, I would support it. But it seems like when dealing with a flowing river, the atmosphere, fault lines, or the aquifer property lines are inadequate at containing occurrences there though i share ian's contempt for collectivism i wonder if it may have its place since there's no way to control what happens under or above your property if i dump toxic waste onto my property it will affect people even off of my property as it seeps into the topsoil and contaminates the underground and he goes on with some more questions but just to address his uh, his existing ones which are good ones. You know, what about dumping something in a river and it flowing downstream? What about polluting the air? Well, if um,
1: I live downstream from you and you dump something in the river and it flows downstream, you've dumped, effectively dumped stuff on my land. You've polluted your property. Right. And at which point I I have um, recourse against you and, and, you know, depending on uh, what sort of uh, libertarian world you live in, the courts would make a decision as to how much you've damaged me. And, uh, you know, anybody who's uh, drinking water is damaged as a result of your dumping, you know, they would have recourse. You know, you can really harm people
0: depending on what you dump sure. in the water. And going to be a lot of recourse. Well, whether it's government courts or arbitrators... Either way, they're going to side uh, in the favor of uh, those who have had their lands polluted because, again, at least in the arbitration world – I don't know about the government courts because government can be influenced by those with the most political sway. But with uh, arbitrators, they have to um, come up with reasonable – reasonable results they have to give uh, come out with with decisions that satisfy people otherwise people won't bring their cases to them so they they will satisfy those who have had their land polluted and therefore those companies will have to probably pay some restitution if the companies have to pay restitution that's going to make it so their products on the marketplace will increase in costs because if, for instance if they polluted a lot of people's property and they've got there's a lot of cleanup that needs mm-hmm. to be done that's a big expensive job and you know how companies are they're going to pass those costs on to their consumers, right, which means that if they're you know manufacturing shampoo and uh that means that their shampoo bottles go up twenty five cents a bottle in order to re- recoup the money that they that they spent in restitution, that means that all the other brands of shampoo are going to be doing much better as far as their sales are concerned, so companies will have an incentive to make sure in a in a more free market environment where there actually are restitutions being paid companies will have an incentive to make sure that they're being safe, that they're not polluting, because they'll know that if they do pollute and they get caught for it down the line, then it's going to hurt their bottom line. Unlike today, where you have companies that are polluting and politically connected, so where they can just pollute and nobody can do anything about it.
2: You mentioned earlier in the show, Dr. Mary Ruart's book, Healing Our World. Mm -hmm. Uh, She makes an excellent point. Uh, She points out that, the government is the biggest polluter, and she cites statistics and facts about you know how that's true, and um, so the I guess what I'm trying to say is the thought of that government we need government to protect the environment even though they're the biggest <laughs> polluter is just ludicrous you
1: yeah. know and uh, the other thing is that corporate people shouldn't be able to hide behind the shroud of corporations from their actions um you know you said a company you know dumps and therefore their shampoo costs more but even if the company goes out of business or it was just a startup or something like that yeah it's the, the, the person that did the dumping should not be free from whatever recourse is involved. Oh, absolutely not. No.
0: Their da- their reputation should be damaged as well. And they should be, you know, if the company's out of money, then it should go into their personal savings. They As far it. as paying the restitution. 800 259 is the toll-free number. And as Julia pointed out, since the government is, is, as I think Mary Ruart pointed out, that they're worse than the top four private polluters combined. Wow. The U.S. government is the worst, so let's just get rid of them, and that'll solve a lot of problems. Hour three is coming up. Our archives website and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just three dollars a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That would be the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. That, again, is freetalklive.com. dot all right let's talk uh, was it unlicensed dentistry that you wanted to do this hour mark yeah that's a good one all right let's talk about that because apparently there are some black market dentists out there
1: God knows we're all in danger
0: is this an American story or from across the pond
1: well um, it fits into the uh, Florida or Germany uh, game
0: uh, I, know, well, you know, I don't know know not, what that I'm not game aware is. that
1: apparently all the weirdest stories in the world come out of Florida and or Germany, Germany. yes
0: oh huh, okay, okay I'm gonna guess Florida yeah and you're right okay
1: <clears throat> um, let's see. Reduced dental costs for average people, none of whom apparently um, complained about the quality of uh, the work. What do you do in Florida? You get arrested. I'm sorry, The uh, I've got the wrong thing. West Palm Beach, Florida. The man was held Wednesday on charges that he performed dental work on customers without a license in his filthy garage, authorities said. <laughs> Roger Bean, 60, 60 was, was arrested. Was arrested Tuesday and held on $6,000 bond. At least it wasn't a high bond. Bean performed denture fittings and made false teeth in his garage, charging just $200 for a full set of dentures. Proced- Is that a good deal? A procedure that um, typically costs more than $2,000, authorities said. Hey. But he was not licensed to practice in Florida. Palm Beach County Sheriff's Detective, Don Sampuno or whatever, said there were health risks with, being operating, um, with operating this type of facility outside of your house, adding that the Bean's workplace was... Filthy neighbors and clients, however, praised Bean for saving them thousands of dollars. Hmm. Uh, Ron Saint Mary, seventy-three, head of the uh, neighborhood crime watch, said Bean was no criminal. He's been helping old people who don't um, don't ha- who don't have a- but a few dollars, and I think the world of him. Was wow! Not a- it was not immediately clear if Bean had an attorney. So.
0: Is it, was it clear as, as to whether the guy actually had dental experience in the past and just didn't have a license in Florida?
1: How else are you going to put together uh, dentures if you haven't at least worked right.
0: in the field?
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't have the first clue where to start.
0: Guy got, maybe you could read a book, but I you'd can't, think you'd yeah, have to have some experience.
1: Y- you had to have learned where, how to make dentures somewhere. Right. So, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's all very strange. But so What's he
0: facing? Uh, charges? He was arrested. Right? It
1: didn't say he was arrested. It didn't say what he was facing.
0: Dentist with a uh, dentistry without a license? Yeah, it's likely going to be a fine or something like that. But
1: um it said he was being held on $6,000 bond. I mean, that's jail. Now, who are they really protecting here? They're protecting the dentists. They're, they're protecting their own licensure.
0: They're protecting their licensing uh, scam basically, mm-hmm. the, uh, the 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 situation they've got set up where they demand that people pay them a a, a fee in right. order to give them a piece of paper that says, "Okay, now right. you can do this, and
1: whatever that fee is, I have no idea what the fees are to be a dentist, to be recognized as a dentist. But I would Probably imagine a few thousand bucks, a, a few thousand. That's just the licensure, and they're also protecting the schools that give out dental licenses. Mm-hmm. Um, God knows we couldn't have somebody who uh, didn't go through one of these schools doing it. You know, these people were paying their two hundred dollars. They apparently, at least some of them, were happy with the um, with what they were getting.
0: Was he actually installing these devices in his garage?
1: Well, they're, they're, it's not really installation. It's more of, uh, you know, they, they take measurements of your mouth. You know, oh, I see. Um, it, it's its false teeth. We're right. not talking about implants or anything Oh, okay, like
0: okay. That. So there's no surgery necessary. Then. No, He's it's just basically,
1: making, yeah, you make a mold of the person's
0: You give it to them and they mouth, put it, and it
1: in. Yeah, and then they put it in. These are the things that fit in. So, you know, just silly licensure stuff. And so
0: if the customers felt uncomfortable... With the working environment, say they went into this dirty, filthy garage, and you know they felt uncomfortable. I'm pretty sure they could have just turned around and walked out, right?
1: I don't see what would have stopped them. I'm sure that uh, that's how he got turned in was uh, somebody somehow was not happy with the service or something like that, or they ran their mouth, one of the two, and that's how the cops got wind of it.
2: Could have been a busybody neighbor. D- oh yeah, didn't like what was they saw across the street or whatever. I don't know.
0: Could have been. Right, or one of the people that had, the, or as you say, ran, ran their mouths, one of the customers accidentally told a busybody neighbor over coffee or something right. like that. And, uh, what you know, about, the,
2: oh, sorry. I was going to say, what about some sort of a dentist, somebody who makes dentures, who didn't like what this guy was doing? One well, yeah. of the
0: competition, sure. You definitely want to put someone like that out of business. I mean, if you And get it's to, easy. Right, you're charging $2,000. This guy's charging a tenth of what you're charging. I just, I really thought this was an interesting article because normally when you when you hear stories about uh, black market sort of shade tree dealers like this getting busted, they don't, you know, they don't really take nobody really takes their side. No one really wants to come forward and, and stand up for these guys, right? You know, I mean, what's they the did. Big, in this what's
1: case? the big deal? Um, I don't know. I mean, I just don't understand why they do
0: it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Well, you under, you do understand why? It's it's to protect the it's system. Protectionism. Protect the people who. But paid how can they the justify
1: system? it to themselves? I guess.
0: Well, they—it's they, it, the law. You know how the cops do. They—if it's the law, it's their job to enforce it. It doesn't matter what the law says; they'll enforce it. We've mm-hmm. heard this attitude before. It's true. Doesn't matter how many heads they have to crack in order to enforce the law; they'll do whatever it takes. And so, this is just yet another example. Look, I don't—I'm all right with the idea of certification. I mean, if someone wants to go through a process and get approved by the American Dental Association, I think it's the ADA, uh, then great. But if you want to go and make dentures in your backyard or in your, your shed or whatever, and then sell them to people who voluntarily are choosing to buy them, what's the issue? If I want to go and have some uh, shade tree mechanic put a, a new oil filter in my car, what's the issue there? I came from a, down in Sarasota. The, the guy that did my oil changes was a shade tree mechanic. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there was a point at which there were cops down the street, undercover, watching this guy. Are you kidding me? No. For changing people's oil? Well, I mean, he was doing other things, like changing tires. So what?
2: Right. Well, what about people who change their own oil? Why is that okay, but paying somebody to change my oil, not okay?
0: Because money is changing hands, Julia, and whenever money changes hands, government gets jealous, because government's not getting a piece of the pie when a shade tree mechanic does their business. When a a so-called legit mechanic or a legit dentist is doing business, they've paid into the system, they're collecting taxes, they're a part of this sort of big Leviathan government that we have. The
1: graft and corruption that goes on.
0: And the people that operate outside of that are a direct threat. These are essentially agorists. They don't realize that what they're doing is agorism, but they're working in the, the black or the gray market to provide people with products or services that are in demand, whether it be mechanics, uh, mechanic work, whether it be drugs, whether it be dentistry. There are people out there doing these things, and government hates it because they aren't in control. They don't have their grip around those people. Around those people that that want to do business without asking permission, that want to do business, want to keep their costs as low as possible, so they can maybe operate a business from their home, where they don't have to go and open up a storefront and pay thousands and thousands of dollars. Where if you've got, he actually had a, he had like one of those car jack things. It wasn't just a a hand jack. He actually had a a jack that you could he could lift up cars with, in his garage. Yeah, well,
1: you know, he bought the piece of equipment. So right. big deal,
0: right? Right.
1: I can't
2: even imagine what the uh, process to get registered to be a dentist in the state of Florida would be like. I know that, I mean, I used to work for a family-owned restaurant and the process for the restaurant to open was thousands and thousands of dollars and all kinds of fees and yep. forms and stuff. Dentistry? Uh, who knows what that's like?
0: And, you know, you want to run a restaurant out of your house or you want to sell food out of your kitchen? You're in violation. You can As... do
2: that here in New Hampshire, can Can you? you? I don't know. Isn't I've seen...
0: I don't know. Health Department's going to want to have a permit for that.
2: Is it just if you have a house and you can get registered? Because I've seen...
0: There houses. are definitely people that are using houses to do businesses in, but I think those houses have been rezoned as commercial. Yeah. Well, um, and it's sort of
1: here in um, in in some places, and uh, especially in the no- Northeast and New England, um, they sort of have a long tradition of doing business out of, out of your house here. Right. So it's,
0: it's more lenient.
2: True. I mean, can't you live upstairs and have your restaurant yes. downstairs?
0: Yes, you can, but you have to ask permission. You have to have your little forms filled out. And you have to have your uh, your t's crossed and your dot your eyes dotted, and well, you've got to pay
1: the the bribes. The richer the community, the 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 more they
0: uh, crack down on this zoning stuff. The more restricted, stuff. yeah, absolutely. And so, people should be free to do business on their own. Consumers should be free to make these choices. If I want to choose to buy dentures from a guy who banged them out in his dirty old garage. I should be free to make that decision. Maybe I'll pay for it in the long run because it won't fit correctly or something like that. But you know what? That's the risk that I chose to take. When I chose to get an oil change from a shade tree mechanic, I knew there really wasn't a warranty to go along with it. Right. But that's the price I paid by paying a fraction of the price of what another oil change might have cost. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features on the site are completely free. And that does include the bulletin board system, the archives, the wiki. By the way, archives an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your download and convenience. Totally free. At freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL, CAI, does collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL, CAI, check out their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. In fact, I don't know if I accidentally t- uh, mentioned the old phone sponsor, but SACL is now on board as our phone sponsor. So the SACL-CII toll-free line, 800-259-9231. We are uh, going to go to a an article from John Stossel, actually, ABC News, getting to finally chime in on the Sung Hui Cho situation, Virginia Tech shooting from last week. Sussle says this past Tuesday, the governor of Virginia announced he would close the loophole that allowed Sung Hui Cho to buy the guns that he used to kill 32 people and himself on the Virginia Tech campus. Okay, it's a good idea to keep guns out of the hands of people who are mentally unstable. But be careful about how far the calls for gun control go, because the idea that gun control laws lower gun crime is a myth. After the 1997 shooting of 16 kids in Dunblane, England, the United Kingdom passed one of the strictest gun control laws in all of the world, banning its citizens from owning almost all types of handguns. Britain seemed to get safer by the minute, as 162,000 newly illegal firearms were forked over to British officials by law-abiding citizens. But this didn't decrease the amount of gun-related crime in the United Kingdom. In fact, gun-related crime has nearly doubled in the U.K. since the ban was enacted. Might stricter gun control laws actually result in more gun crime? It seems counterintuitive, but makes sense if we consider one fact. Criminals don't obey the law. Right. I mean, after all, they're criminals for a reason, right? Sure. And they intend to commit
1: crimes with these guns. Why would they go out and buy them registered? Unless in the case of... uh, Sung Wee, whatever his name is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, he intended to die.
0: Yeah. Um, You know, I mean, and he's a a real anomaly. So criminals don't obey the law. Strict gun laws like the ban in Britain probably only affect the actions of people who wouldn't commit crimes in the first place. England's ban didn't magically cause all British handguns to disappear. Officials estimate that more than 250,000 illegal weapons are still in circulation in the country. Without the fear of retaliation from victims who might be packing heat, criminals in possession of these weapons now have a much easier job. And the incidence of gun-related crime has risen. As the saying goes, uh, goes if guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. It's true that if gun control laws had been stricter in Virginia, Sung Hui Cho would have had a more difficult time getting a hold of the weapons he used to gun down innocent teachers and students. But it's foolish to assume that stricter gun laws will prevent maniacs like Cho from committing heinous crimes. A deranged criminal will find his way to get his hands on a a gun or a bomb. The sad truth is that if gun laws had been less strict in Virginia, there's a possibility that the tragedy at Virginia Tech could have claimed fewer lives. In January of 2006, a bill was proposed in the Virginia State Assembly that would have forced Virginia Tech to change its current policy and allow students and the faculty members to legally carry weapons on campus. Teenage college students carrying guns make me nervous, but shouldn't adults be able to decide if they want to arm themselves just in case? And while they may be teenagers, they are technically adults. We let them drive; they're allowed to uh, do all sorts of things: uh, smoke cigarettes, have sex. Shouldn't they be able to defend themselves? I, you know, they they should. When the bill was defeated, a Virginia Tech spokesperson cheered the action, saying, this will help parents, students, faculty, and visitors feel safe on our campus. However, one gun rights advocate lamented the bill's failure with chilling accuracy. Quote, you never know when evil will pop up. Back in 2002, evil arrived at Virginia's Appalachian School of Law. A disgruntled student opened fire on the school's campus, th- killing three and wounding more. But the law school also prohibited guns on campus. However, fortunately, two students happened to have firearms in their cars. When the pair heard gunshots, they retrieved their weapons and trained them on the killer, helping restrain him until authorities arrived. There's no way, and, I, and I'm interested to know if they were brought up on charges for that, by the way.
1: There's Usually when there's a heroic action like that, it, 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 you know, those things are
0: sort of forgotten. You'd be surprised.
1: It
2: depends what state you're in, I think. It
1: does,
0: yeah.
2: I, I imagine New York... They would have gotten charged.
0: Zero tolerance. There's no way to know whether uh, Sung Hui Cho's murderous rampage could have been stopped in a similar way. But what's certain is that strict gun control laws do not always have the effect that legislators intend. More guns in the right hands can stop crime, and fewer guns in the wrong hands can make for more crime. Gun control is not crime control. And I say right on to John Stossel for that one, because he's got it. Yep. No doubt about it. And there are some sort of related stories uh, to the Virginia Tech situation and uh, and the guns as well. In fact, I believe, Julia, you've got some details on a student who was recently arrested based on not the fact that he had a gun on campus, but I guess he wrote something that scared his teacher?
2: Police Thursday released portions of an essay used to charge Cary Grove High School student with disorderly conduct, leaving several ex- experts puzzled at an arrest based on such schoolwork. Asked to write about whatever he wanted in a creative writing class, would-be marine and honors student Alan Lee, age 18, described a violent dream in which he shot people and then had sex with the dead bodies. Whoa! (laughs) But then he immediately dismissed the idea as a mere joke, writing, not really, but if I did, it would be funny.
0: Yeah, I don't know if uh, necrophilia is very funny. Then, right. I don't know if that's... well
2: you know what I find is interesting and we were talking about this earlier how people that there are some people that go into the army go into police work that are that are kind of sick and really oh, yeah. like this sort of thing he's a a future marine so right. i I thought that was kind of funny that the future how marine.
1: revealing yeah <laughs> I don't know if i uh would would make that kind of blanket statement I mean clearly the I guy's sadistic some, and mili- uh, you know gross and that's just about it
0: she, she pointed out that not yeah. everyone
1: is. So no, I see.
2: didn't say everyone. I said some. So
1: certainly, uh, there are some that uh, you know in the military that have gotten right, joy from killing people. If you're a psycho and
2: you like to kill people, the army, the marines, that's the place for you. Get paid for it. A second disorderly conduct count accuses Lee of alarming first-year teacher Nora Capron by writing that as a teacher, don't be surprised on inspiring the first CG shooting. Oh
0: wow! CG was wait, what is that?
2: That is the initials of the high school. I see. An apparent reference to Cary Grove High. Lee said Thursday he was completely shocked to be arrested Tuesday for his essay, especially because written instructions told the kids not to censor what they wrote.
7: Hmm.
2: In, creative writing, <laughs> in creative writing, you're told to exaggerate, said Lee. It was supposed to be just junk. There definitely is violent contact, content, but they're taking it out of context and making it something that it isn't. I have no intention of harming anybody, said Lee, who has been transferred to an alternative school setting. I miss school. Hmm. Lee, that bugs me. When I was 16, I was expelled from my high school, and they wanted to transfer me to an alternative school, and it's basically where you get put with a bunch of... The bad kids. Yeah, the bad kids. Right. And how can that be a positive learning environment (laughs) at all?
0: I can't imagine it would be. We had someone call in about it, you know, pointing out that they were doing coke deals in class, and snorting coke and getting drunk at the uh, the alternative <laughs> high school. They do that
2: at public school, too. <laughs> oh,
0: okay. 800 259 is the toll-free number. Your thoughts on uh, gun control and freedom of speech, because that's what this issue is all about. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up what you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark, that is the Cycle CAI toll-free line 1-800-259-9231 You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free including the Shrine of Female listeners the dozens and dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Uh, the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com That is shrine.freetalklive.com Breaking news! Uh, according to ABC News actually, we've given you the story about the D.C. madam. you Remember her? Hmm. She was arrested. Uh, I guess she's being brought up on charges. I don't know if she's actually been arrested, but she's being brought up on prostitution charges and money laundering charges uh, for running an escort service, or what they're alleging is a prostitution service in Washington, D.C. And as of now, the first politician has been outed. Oh, good. hopefully the first of many. I think we're going to see more than uh, just this one guy. This may just be the tip of the proverbial iceberg in this case. ABC News reporting, uh, Brian Ross, Deputy Secretary of State Randall L. Tobias submitted his resignation on Friday. One day after confirming to ABC News that he'd been a customer of a Washington, D.C. escort service Mm. whose owner has been charged by federal prosecutors with running a prostitution operation. Tobias, who is 65, the director of U.S. Foreign Assistance and administrator of the U.S. Agency for International Development, has previously served as the ambassador for the President's Emergency Fund for AIDS Relief. A State Department press release late Friday afternoon only said he was leaving for personal reasons. On Thursday, however, Tobias told ABC News that he had several times called Pamela Martin and Associates Escort Service to, quote, have gals come over to the condo to give me a massage. <laughs> what's wrong with getting a massage at the condo i don't know you'd think if there was something wrong with that then he wouldn't have resigned right i mean if that's a if it's okay to get massages and it seems to be all right with i mean i'm okay with him having sex with these girls mm-hmm. that wouldn't bother me but i guess some people look down on that sort of thing tobias who's married said there had been no sex and that recently he had been using another service with central americans to provide massages Tobias's private cell phone number was among thousands of numbers listed in the telephone records provided to ABC News by Jean Palfrey, the woman dubbed the D.C. madam who is facing federal charges. In an interview to be broadcast on 2020 next Friday, Palfrey says she intends to call Tobias and a number of her other prominent D.C. clients to testify at her trial. She says, quote, I'm sure as heck not going to be going to federal prison for one day, let alone four to eight years, because I'm shy about bringing in the deputy secretary of whatever, Poffrey told ABC News. Poffrey maintains she ran a sexual fantasy business that was legal, and that if any of the women who are working for her had sex, they did so in violation of her rules and without her knowledge. She says there are a number of other prominent Washington, D.C. men who will be on her witness list. She says, quote, I'll bring every last one of them in if necessary. Do you think the prosecutors are going to throw out the case eventually? I mean, if they know that more political damage is going to be done, and it should be pretty obvious at this point that anybody who has uh, patronized Pamela Martin and Associates in the past could very well be outed. Do you think that there'll be enough political pressure put on these prosecutors to just make this go away? I, I can't imagine. You can't imagine? I can't imagine
1: that, uh, that 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 she's not going to have these charges dropped. It's just all amazing to me. Yeah. I mean, she's a madam of high-priced call girls in Washington, D.C. With a black book. There's going to be problems.
0: And ABC News now has the numbers from that book. Because she, uh, she originally wanted to sell the numbers, remember? When they first brought her up on charges, she immediately started shopping the numbers around. And what happened after that was the prosecutors asked the judge to put a gag order on her to essentially say, no, no, you can't sell. You can't sell those numbers. Uh, if, in fact, if you sell the numbers, we're just going to take your money. So if you try to sell the numbers, we're just going to take your money. So what she did was she just said, OK, here, I'll just give them to ABC News. And so now they've got the numbers. Who's next? 800 259 9231. I can't wait to see. That yeah, sure is exciting, isn't it? I love it when these scumbags get outed. Now, I don't think they're scumbags for calling a prostitution service, which she claims it's not, but whatever. I mean, in fact, she has an agreement apparently that she makes all of her girls sign that say that, you know, this, I am not, you, you are not to be doing prostitution while you're working for, for this company. And so it sounds like this woman's pretty good at what she does, like she's covered her butt pretty effectively with all the, the legal agreements and all of that. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think she's touchable on this. But I'm calling them scumbags because they're politicians, not because they're, they're going to prostitutes. I mean, guys want to have sex and women want to have sex. So what's wrong with them getting together and trading money for it? Really? I really would like to know. I mean, if someone's out there that, that thinks that prostitution should be illegal, as it is, if someone's out there who wants to defend the status quo, I would really like to hear from you. Toll free at 1-800-259-9231. It's very hard to find people to defend the status quo in this case.
1: Right, because the status quo is status, and you, there's nothing you have to do um, to defend it. It's the way it is. You'll obey it, or you'll go to jail. But I don't see any reason the two consenting adults shouldn't be able to figure out what they want to do. And by consenting, I mean one consents to give money and one consents to receive it and whatever.
0: It's, it's an arrangement. What's the big deal? That's my question. And I guess some people, I mean, some people have a moral objection to it.
2: Some In which pe- case, they shouldn't hire a prostitute.
1: But I think their moral right. objection is more along the line of, um, you know, people shouldn't have sex before marriage. I mean, isn't you that think? really it? Well, if that's the case, then why isn't there a law against that? Well, they, I'm sure they'd like been, to see it, but they can. It's just not going to happen. I mean, there's. It's just beyond that. That's where the. It's sort of the bottom of that moral objection. So and the prostitutes get still get
0: caught in the uh, the laws because there just aren't enough of them to effectively lobby against it. You mm-hmm. know, there's no prostitution lobby in. They're Washington, the weakest of uh, of
1: of the the citizenry.
0: Right. That makes sense.
2: And like the war on drugs, though I guess you could call it the war on prostitutes, whatever. But
0: there is. I mean, it's true
2: prostitutes it's an ugly business because it's illegal so if people don't really understand like a lot of people think drugs are bad because Mm. bad things happen because of the war on drugs they don't understand why it happens and that these things wouldn't happen if prostitution was illegal so it gets painted with a really ugly
0: brush that's a good point people don't realize that the industry could be much more respectable than it is today
1: and not just that but uh, safer i mean they could be
0: tested on a regular basis
2: like they are in Nevada, I'd like to add.
0: Exactly right. Uh, the the girls in Nevada uh, they are tested on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Um, in fact, uh, th- you could you could vet them if you wanted to, if you were really concerned about it. The and the reason why that happens is because of competition. One one particular brothel will want to advertise that it's got the safest girls. I mean, how much of a? That's like saying that you've got the safest car. It's like we're the five star rating of brothels.
1: Well, you know. Yeah. And even even better than saying you've got the safest car.
2: Yeah. And if you've ever seen these brothels, they are really nice looking.
1: Oh, some Have are, you some seen are. them on the inside?
2: I've never seen one personally, but I've seen uh video footage and pictures of the brothels and the ladies, they're you know what I mean, they're not sleazy looking at all. They're it's oh, they're a not very... ladies either. <laughs> 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 it's a very luxurious looking place, sort of like a fancy hotel looking inside yeah it's it's very very nice nice.
0: very plush and uh and you know the the prices i I don't know what the prices are like out in nevada i'd imagine they're probably
2: high but it's the only state that allows it so they have essentially cornered the market on legal prostitution
0: all the girls that want to get into that business they go there and so they really, the, the people that are running the businesses have quite the, uh, the choice as far as the, the ladies that they, that they hire. I don't know what, why are they not ladies, Mark? Why do you say that about them?
1: <laughs> I think that uh, lady uh, indicates a certain level of comportment in one's life. And if you sell sexual favors, you aren't uh, achieving that level of comportment. Hmm. By your definition. By, I would say that it was by and large the definition.
0: So people should be free to sell sexual favors. I would agree. And people should be free to buy them. And if you don't like it, if it upsets you, the idea that someone be out there doing these things, well then your only choice should be to ostracize those that uh, that you find out are patronizing these businesses. If your friend or next-door neighbor is known for going out and uh, hiring the services of prostitutes... Then have a chat with him and tell him that you don't appreciate what he's doing and you don't want your kids playing with his kids anymore. Mm. But beyond that, that should be about it because it should be his business, because it's his body and it's her body, and they should be free to contract to, uh, to have the two interact with one another. 800 259 9231, this is your show. Moments remain, but just enough time for your calls. Free talk live. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control, bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231, that's the packet 8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are completely free. Though we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff over at Amazon. You know them. They're the world's largest internet retailer with 40 categories of products for you to shop in. You go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and when you enter through that link, anything that you purchase, a percentage of your purchase, will go to Free Talk Live. Now, when you check out, you won't see a little line on the invoice that says, here's your percentage going to Free Talk Live. You won't see that, but you just have to trust us. It's coming our way if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com. So just get in that habit. I mean, you go there anyway, you're going to buy these items for your life, whether it be a book, whether it be an office product, whether it be sporting goods, grocery. I mean, they've got so many different categories. You're going to buy these things anyway. You might as well buy them through amazon.freetalklive.com. So we get a percentage instead of Amazon keeping all the profits. Amazon.freetalklive.com. So since we talked about the prostitution situation and how people should be free to... Be a prostitute or to patronize prostitutes because, well, if a, if you're in a free country, that should just be something that people should be free to do. Beyond that, it would help them stay safer. The STD instance would be testable. You'd be able to keep them safe from those. Uh, the uh, also they'd be safe from violence, which is associated quite frequently with street walking prostitutes. Mm-hmm. In fact, in fact, with legal prostitution, streetwalkers would all but not exist.
1: Right. Why would somebody want to um, meet a streetwalker? When you could point? get
0: a a, a, clean lay, a clean girl at a brothel, which is a, a public business. Right.
1: And that way they don't, they don't end up coming back to your house or whatever. You know, who would want that?
0: So it's really, it's all about, uh, you know, it's all about personal freedom. And another, uh, I guess, another personal freedom issue that we've dealt with several times on this show is smoking. Smoking bans, specifically. Yeah, there's and lots of them out there. There are uh, more and more popping up all over the place. It's really become sort of a hot thing to do within the last seven years it or so. It started
2: with restaurants, too, like restaurants and bars, and then it sort of went... I guess it started a long time ago with airplanes, right? Is that sure, a law? Sure, yeah, I guess
0: so. Uh, yes, it is a law. It's an okay. FAA regulation, I believe.
2: So it started with airplanes and that sort of thing, and it has It went on to restaurants. has been really big. But I've started to see... There was that city in California that banned um in the entire city with the exception of single family homes and i recently saw something about um all outdoor public areas mm-hmm. like baseball fields and parks and things like that so it's just it's just getting worse and it's, worse and worse
0: yeah it's absolutely going insane they're also banning them uh, banning people from smoking in some places in some uh, some states rather uh, from inside of cars like it's your car
2: and they use the excuse of children
0: the children right of course and so here's a quick update from the Fort Wayne uh, fortwayne.com the uh, let's see the Sentinel New Sentinel with the smoking ordinance passed the second half of the campaign to make the city smoke free is uh, begins focusing on education and enforcement. Thursday the Fort Wayne Fire Department and City Councilman John Crawford uh, and Don Schmidt unveiled a brochure that gives a basic summary of the law that bans smoking in all enclosed public places, including bars, bowling alleys, and even private clubs. In many, in many instances, you'll see private clubs exempted. You'll see bars, uh, some bars exempted based on certain criteria. But, uh, smoking clubs, for instance, is a good example where the business exists to allow people to come in and smoke. They're banning that now. And the ordinance goes into effect in a few, uh, couple months. The brochure is the fire department's primary tool to educate business and community leaders on the law and its penalties. The fire department captain said the nine members of the fire code enforcement division will be responsible for enforcing the law and will be the ones educating businesses during their normal inspections. He expects more than 400 businesses will be visited within the next few weeks, similar to the education sweep that occurred after the previous smoking law was passed in 1998. When members of the unit begin their inspections, they'll give each business a copy of the brochure and answer any questions. The law, by the way, is primarily complaint driven. Business patrons or owners wishing to report smokers may call a snitch line, which I'm not going to give out. Businesses may be in violation if they don't have their doors labeled with non-smoking signage, have smoking paraphernalia such as ashtrays or uh, or rather on tables, or allow smoking to occur. Fines will amount to $2,500 per day per offense. Wow. That's a lot higher than anything I've seen so far. Because normally they start at $250, and then it goes to $500, and then it goes up from there with each following offense. In this case, right off the bat, $2,500. And the patron gets fined, too. Uh, Their fine is anywhere from $25 to $250. So in some places we've seen where smoking bans will only affect the business owner. So, for instance, if if there's a smoking ban and I'm a cigarette smoker and I walk into a bar, light up a cigarette, the business owner is going to run over and say, I'm sorry, Ian, you, you can't smoke in here. You're going to need to go outside. Now, if there had been a bureaucrat in the bar at that time and they had spotted me lighting up that cigarette, they would have immediately written up a fine for the bar owner right. and handed it to him. Right. So essentially making the bar owners the enforcers of the law. Right.
1: They they, they sort of uh, enslave them. They they conscript them into their uh, army of
0: anti-smoking Nazis. Right. And so that's the way a lot of them have have operated. But now they've realized they can just they can fine anybody. I mean they're the government, right? They can they can levy a fine against whoever they want to. So in this case they're going to start doing it against both the business. And the individual involved. And it's just, it's getting worse. More and more of these laws are being passed around the country. And and the real shocker is that smokers themselves are just sitting back and taking it. You'd think the smokers would be the ones that would be rallying to the front of this issue. That they would be there and, you know, t- uh, testifying in front of uh, subcommittees at the the government houses in in the state capitals. But no, well, they're many not. Of
1: them, many of them have been cowed by their family and friends. Um, you know, smoking's bad. You're terrible. All that stuff. So they, they feel bad for smoking, which I'm not saying that uh, it, it, it's bad for you. Clearly, smoking's mm-hmm. bad for your health. Inhaling the smoke of anything into your lungs is not going to be good for you. But uh, specifically, cigarette smoke is, is worse. Um, so they feel bad and they want to quit, sort of. So they think to themselves, "Well, this help. will help me. Um, you know, I I won't be able to smoke here. I won't be able to smoke there." Of course, you know, when the time comes and you've got to get on a plane for six hours going across the nation, you're going to be freaking out when you can't get your cigarette. By the way,
2: but oh yeah, and they do freak out the nicotine mm-hmm. addicts.
1: Sure. They're, so they're do
0: you think they're it? just? Yep. Well, do you think they're just? Uh, they don't want to be seen as the guy that stands up for smoking, right? Is that Which what it is? It why- is?
2: I like to stand up for smoking because I don't smoke, so.
0: Yeah, well, I stand up for them, too. Man, I, I'll tell you, I don't like the way it smells. I I don't appreciate having smoke blown in my face.
1: The last th- thing I wanted is when I'm eating, but I would never imagine for a second cre- um, creating a law that didn't allow people to, uh, you know, in their own restaurants, allow smoking. To it's decide. their restaurant. Right. They should decide. No, it's not. Yeah, apparently it's not. Correct. It's, it, it's the government Yeah, apparently it belongs to the government. I mean, look at all
0: the evidence. I mean, first of all, the government can set whatever rules they want to for the restaurant that's supposedly yours uh, they can they can demand the uh, extractions of money for you for selling alcohol uh, they can demand an extraction of money for you from for just operating a business for uh, a health code permit they can demand that you pay taxes on certain things that you sell alcohol for, I guess there are special taxes on alcohol in many places and and then if uh, and, and and then if uh, if they're smoking, they can ban that, and they can just set all the rules for your business.
2: Do you remember that socialist Robert? We read his essay on the air. He was the he, how the could crazy, I forget? Yeah, the crazy plan. Well, one I remember one time having a conversation about smoking bans with him, and he not only wanted smoking banned inside restaurants and things, he thought that it was just absolutely awful and a violation of his rights. Uh For people to be smoking outside of a business, so for-
0: he shouldn't have to see people smoking, yes,
2: exactly. he thought it was absolutely disgusting that to get into the mall he had to he had to walk through a flock of smokers
0: <laughs> amazing, and so he wants to he wanted to well, just ban that yes.
1: too. It, it that was a, a result right. of their silly ass, their silly laws, you know
2: well, he has a right to clean air
1: the well, apparently Smoke free air <laughs> well. <laughs> He should ban forest fires while he's at it. I, yeah. Apparently. Um, he's not on his own property. He doesn't have a right to clean No, air. he doesn't have property. He doesn't believe <laughs> in property. He's a
0: socialist. It, well, it, I, I can see it. Right. Property is theft, according to them, which just is not so. But, but again, here we are with more evidence that when you think you own your property, it turns out you don't really. Especially, I mean, the, even as far as if you've actually purchased the land that you're running your business on. One could make the argument that, well, you're just if you're just leasing the the space, then really it's the uh, the lease, the guy that's holding the lease, he's the property owner. But if you own that property, you still don't really own it because they can take it away from you at a moment's notice. Don't pay the property taxes, what do you think's going to happen? If you don't uh, pay your smoking violation fines, what do you think's going to happen? They're going to yank your license, and if you keep operating, mm-hmm. they're going to put you in a jail cell, like right? the denture guy. Yeah, exactly like the denture guy. It's been Ian here with you. And Julia. And Mark. So much for freedom in America, huh? Unfortunately, it's been dead for a long time. And uh, we're doing our best to bring it back. We'll see you tomorrow night, online in the meantime, at freetalklive.com.